Hello, and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. And I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast. Whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time, too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 4, Episode 9, Something Blue. What is it, Steph? What's blue? What? How does the saying go? Something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. I mean, of the two of us, you're the one who just got married. So. <laughs> now that I think about it, I never followed that tradition. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Your marriage is cursed. <laughs> I'm just like a Snyder. I've got a curse. <laughs> um, this episode is so funny. It's very entertaining. But it also hurts so much because it's following I Will Remember You. And just like Buffy says, like, how am I supposed to go on with my life knowing what we had, knowing what we could have had? (laughs) That episode gutted me. (laughs) So to jump into this episode where Buffy could have, you know, Buffy could have had a wonderful life with the love of her life. And now here she is flirting with picnic going boy Riley and then making out with a crusty spike. I just, <laughs> it was a lot for me. Um, but the, the episode overall is enjoyable, and I feel like the writers really went off the rails with their thinking this, this week for this episode, and I like it. I agree. I think this is one of those episodes where you just kind of have to kick back <laughs> and not think too hard about it. Um, there, like you said, there, there's definitely some intense moments, and then there's also some, some just really funny moments. We, there are intense moments, there are sad moments, and we start off with a sad moment. Uh, we are in Oz's room. <sighs> I really miss Oz, and so does Willow, because she's scanning the room, looking sad. The camera spans over two photos of Willow and Oz from the early years, like probably season two, or maybe like early season three when they went to that weird boardwalk date with Cordelia and Xander one time and Cordelia put pictures of Xander up in her locker room anyway that's what it looks like it's from ah so one thing that got me here in this first little scene just to demonstrate that this episode is going to be about Willow and her sadness is she smells his shirt that was such a trigger for me because when you're grieving something memories really come back to you through smell so that's what she's doing is she's just ugh, like it just it just really it was very true and very very sad so we cut to the student lounge where buffy sees riley hanging a sign that says lesbian alliance and again we see buffy and then i got sad because i was like oh buffy (laughs) you have no idea what you're not remembering (laughs) the character development that we got last week just wiped away so Mm -hmm. buffy notices a sign and riley like she points it out and riley's like yes i am a lesbian (laughs) and buffy says i'm glad you're open about it so this show would be banned or at least this episode would be banned in florida these days because you can't say gay or lesbian you can't tell people about it especially not on a university campus Mm mm-hmm 
Mm-mm. Big no-no. So that's not UC Sunnydale, though. UC Sunnydale supports their lesbian alliances. We love to see it. <laughs> so Riley says, you know how we were talking about having a picnic? I was thinking, do you ever hang out at Rugs Field? It's beautiful there. Usually not that crowded either. I thought we could have a spread. Sandwiches, maybe some ants could be fun. And I was like, Riley, you are really hyping up this field right now. Like, <laughs> Is this like the, the campus equivalent of the bluffs? <laughs> it must be to Riley because... With the way he's picturing it, like, oh, it's euphoric. Like, there's no one around. It's beautiful. I'm thinking of the field from Twilight where Bella and Edward used to just lie down together. <laughs> like, the it better be that nice. oversaturated field because of the color correction on that movie. Exactly. Exactly. But, like, the, the purple flowers were vibrant <laughs> that's that's what i was picturing here so you better deliver riley i'm glad i only had to watch the first movie yes and you'll never have to watch the other four <laughs> except There's you will four other ones? <laughs> oh oh you'll you'll get in time in time cara oh, so buffy says uh were we talking about a picnic <laughs> and riley can't remember if that was an actual conversation they had or if one it was one he was practicing to have with her <laughs> and i was like cara are you sure riley isn't a himbo like are you are we sure <laughs> i mean you know people's definitions of himbos can vary so i can see how this particular moment riley's giving off that himbo vibe i get you <laughs> I just, I think overall he's not a himbo, but we might say he's himbo adjacent. I love that. I, we just, I just really need him to be a himbo. I know, but this, that is, that is the quintessential thing about Riley, right? Is, yeah, we, we all need Riley to be something he's not. (laughs) (laughs) It was Riley slander starting early this episode. So, so Riley admits that he does prep work before their conversations. It's not easy talking to Buffy sometimes. It's like an oral exam. And Buffy's like, that's just what every girl longs to hear. And he says, she's tricky. I never know how you're going to react to something. That's why I like you so much. You're a mystery. And then he's like, oh, golly gee, probably every beautiful girl has some jerk telling her she's a mystery. But I swear you really are. There's a lot about you that needs puzzling out. And Buffy's staring at him for a really long time. And then he's like, well, did I lose you somewhere? And she says, right around, beautiful. Oh, Buffy, you're such a cheap date. (laughs) And Riley says, don't you just love a picnic? So, yeah, why did Buffy stare at him for so long? I don't understand that interaction. And usually I would. But this was hard for me to read because I was like, is she like, is she just taking in that he called her beautiful or is is there something else to it? Yeah, I I don't. If you don't get it, Steph, I'm not going to get it. (laughs) My guess is, you know, we have to remember, like you said, she just came back from L.A. having seen Angel. But from her perspective, it was a very brief conversation. She's still processing that. So to be standing in front of another apparently attractive person who's complimenting her and telling her how much time he wants to spend with her after that conversation she didn't have, Mm. if you will, with Angel... I, I think it, it's just a little bit of this emotional whiplash where she's just like having a hard time processing the fact that Riley is, you know, very interested in her. And he's also very upfront about it. Yeah, he's not skulking around in the bushes <laughs> until he can assault Willow. You know, it, it's not it's not like Buffy's <laughs> finding out that Riley's into her from Xander. 
<laughs> yeah, or sneaking into her bedroom to wait for her to come home, stuff like that. Um, but that's romantic to me. I don't know what else Buffy really wants. Uh, yeah, no, I have to agree. She must just be taking in that conversation with Angel and also the fact that Riley is being so upfront. And also Riley's calling her a mystery, right? Before she's like, I don't know what Angel's thinking. I'm going to try to pry his brain when I can read minds in this episode. Uh but here, Riley's just straight up. He's like, you're hard to read, and I like it. So uh, Buffy and Willow are patrolling together. Buffy is saying that this is different, right? Like a picnic in the daylight. It's a new venue, Buffy-wise. And he'll bring all the food. All she has to do is show up and eat. And Willow asks if there's sparkage. And Buffy says, there is. Like, have you seen his arms? Hello. <laughs> like, those are good arms. And she said she really likes him. She thinks he cares about her. But there's something missing. And Willow says, he's not making you miserable. And Buffy's like, exactly. Riley seems so solid, like he wouldn't cause me heartache. And Willow says, yeah, get out. Get out while there's still time. And Willow's really mellow during this conversation because we already know from the very first clip of this episode that she's going to be sad and dealing with that breakup. But she's listening. She's being a good friend here. I was going to say, you know, cringing on uh, Buffy's idea that she has to be with a bad boy. <laughs> well, yeah, which she says right here, right? She's like, agrees that uh, Buffy agrees that she needs to get away from that bad boy thing. Uh, there's no good there, you know. And she says, seeing Angel in LA, even for five minutes, hello to the pain. I can't help thinking that that's where the fire comes from. Can a, can a nice, safe relationship be that intense? I know it's nuts, but part of me believes that real love and passion have to go hand in hand with pain and fighting. And then a vampire jumps out and Buffy immediately stakes it. And then she says, I wonder where I get that from. You get it from Joss Whedon because he likes to torture you, Buffy. Okay, well, this also kind of answers what we said earlier, right? Like, what was that stare about? So she's taking this in where she's like, well, this is really safe and honest, and I know exactly what's going mm -hmm. on. And, and you know, she's used to more mystery than that. So she's the mysterious element in this new relationship, and she's used to, you know, the supernatural men in her life being that. So... Buffy, I want you to break out of your bad boy phase too. I really do. I don't actually think Angel was that much of a bad boy, to be honest. <laughs> no, he's a fake, uh, you know, fake geek bad boy, like all those fake gamer girls, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, like I, I cringe at this, but I also appreciate that the show is showing us this because for the, the demographic of teenage girls perhaps heading into college watching this show... I get it, right? I get like a lot of girls go through this phase when they're younger because of the messages they receive in our society. Um, I don't know if there's something inherently attractive about bad boys to, to girls who are attracted I to I can men, change but... him. <laughs> I'm going to you know, change it's, him. It's a stereotype, but there is truth to it. And I like that the show is taking that on. And I like that it's showing us that, you know, Buffy recognizes that she has this attraction. And now the show has to explore that. And it'll be interesting to see the directions that it takes. Buffy. Yeah. We are in Giles's bathroom and Spike is changed, chained to the bathtub and he's giving Buffy the runaround because she's trying to, to interrogate him about the commando guys, the initiative and the soldier boy facility that he broke out of. And Spike is being very vague. And he's saying that, you know, they're human, and you have two eyes, and he came out of an air van, he doesn't know where. I'm done, put the telly on. And Giles comes in with a cup of blood, and Spike says, it's about time, hope it's warm enough. And it's so funny, because the blood is in this mug that says, kiss the librarian. <laughs> so 
Buffy gives him the, the, the mug with a straw and she's grimacing at it. She's like so grossed out as Spike drinks from it. And he says, I don't know why you're so dainty all of a sudden. You've done this for Angel. You must have. And Buffy's like, okay. And she pulls the cup away and she says, the invalid amnesiac routine is over. The kitchen is closed until you can tell me something useful about the commandos. How long are you going to pull this crap? And Spike asks, how long is he going to live once I tell you? So, so this is interesting because... Like, I love the scene. I love I love the dynamic, the fighting between Buffy and Spike. But more importantly, it's Giles' yes, reaction. the banter. Yeah, the banter. But more importantly, it's Giles' reaction to everything. And Giles' reaction throughout this entire episode is what anchors this <laughs> this humor home. It, it's funny that I think Buffy is exactly right. I think Spike, as much as he's complaining and as much as he's acting like this isn't really where he wants to be, he signed up for this. Like, he came to Buffy for help. Like, what does he expect? And I think it's it's funny that he realizes once he tells them everything, they could very well kill him because he's a vampire. Mm-hmm. So Giles tells him, we, we have no intention of killing a harmless creature, but we have to know what's been done to you. You can't we can't let you go until you're we're sure you're impotent and spike's like hey and giles like oh sorry poor choice of words until we know you're and buffy's like flaccid (laughs) so spike says you're one step away missy and buffy's like giles help he's gonna scold me (laughs) so again they should kill him right um i don't know you know because he could be a potentially useful source of information if Buffy locates this base or whatever it is, she might want to take him along. He might be able to help her navigate. Like, I, I, as much as he's caused trouble, you know, does he deserve to be killed? Yes. Is killing him the most strategically sound move right now? No. Mm-hmm. I just mean, like, do you think they're, if they let him go versus killing him, like what the better role, what the better choice Oh, I see. Choice like once be. they're done with him. Yeah. No, I don't think they should let him go because I agree. he's a monster. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, he's not your friend. He's not your ally. You know, he is a soulless vampire. The fact that he is flaccid <laughs> doesn't change anything. He would hurt people if he could. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I think they need to use him as much as they can and not feel sorry about it. And then when he's outlived his usefulness, stake him. Yeah. So so the banter continues on where Buffy says, I think we made it a little too comfy for you in here. I don't think you want to go. And Spike says, comfy, I'm chained in a bathtub drinking pig's blood from a novelty mug. And Buffy says, you want something nicer? And she like exposes her neck and she's like, my poor neck, all bare and tender and exposed, all that blood pumping away. Pumping and pumping. And she like exposes her neck to him and... Like, just the way that Sarah Michelle Gellar enunciates those words um, with this little bit of, like, false innocence to her, you know, it's it's sexual. It's this, like, you know, she's the, she's the good girl, but she's really naughty, and don't you want to suck my blood? And yeah. it is, it's chilling, but also hilarious. It's, uh, it's also funny that it's um, so sexual, because... Like, that's the vibe that they've been giving off since their first fight in School Hard. Remember? Like, they like, have this sexual well, banter and, sometimes. And with vampires in general, right? Yes, like that yes. Was, that was last season. 
you're the one who usually keeps bringing this up. I can't believe I'm bringing it up, but you know, the bite sex. Oh, oh, I was just waiting for you to bring that up. Meow. But it it is relevant to this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So as Giles leaves, Spike's like, Giles, make her stop. (laughs) So Giles is playing dad here and he goes to the living room where Willow is. And Willow says, uh, and Willow says she's wondering if a true spell could work um, if he doesn't fess up. And Giles is happy about this, and he and Willow says she'll go to the magic shop tomorrow, and she'll be back in the morning with donuts and motherwort. And that, that's how you can tell Giles is tired and exhausted, because he, he doesn't question Willow's desire to solve everything with a spell. He's just like, good job, Willow. And it's like, wait a minute, Giles, you just spent the whole last season telling Willow not to use too much magic. Right? But he's just like, please, anything to get this banter and this guy out of my bathroom. <laughs> so... Willow says bye to Buffy and leaves and Giles returns to the bathroom where Buffy is again feeding Spike with the blood. And Giles says to to Buffy that Willow seems to be coping better with Oz's departure, don't you think? And Buffy says, yeah, like she still has a way to go, but um, I think she's dealing. And it's Spike who says, are you people blind? She's hanging by a thread. Any ninny can see that. There's something very interesting about Spike being the perceptive person in this moment yeah that spike is the one that can actually see her pain and relate to it or at least recognize that she's in pain he knows what it's like to be left by somebody he loves right you know as as much as i've campaigned on the side of vampires without souls can't feel love like you know it's very clear the show is suggesting to us that spike is at his heart a romantic not sorry not a romantic like me but he is (laughs) romantic yeah. And, um, you know, he really misses Drusilla. And so he, of all people, maybe knows what Willow is going through right now. Well, she also told him as much when he attacked her in the initiative. Remember, like she was the one that was like, it's me, isn't it? Right. It's like, uh, like no one wants me. And like she was already yeah, dealing with her like breakup this, then. This strange, odd relationship. Going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting to watch. Spike is... Season four Spike, like, he just bounces off every character so well. It's so fun to watch. So Willow is back in Oz's room, and this time it's empty. Like, all his stuff is gone. We cut to Willow crying in her bed, and she's saying that Devin said, remember Devin, remember Mitch? Um, He said that Oz asked to send for his stuff, or that Oz sent for his stuff, which means that he's planning on settling down somewhere, somewhere else, not here. And Buffy's listening to this, and she's like, I guess so. And Willow is saying, I feel like I've been split down the center and half of me is lost. And Buffy says, it feels like that now. And Willow says, Oz is gone. And she's crying. And ugh. And how long has Oz been gone at this point? Like, would you say, I would say like a month and a half? Two months, Mm. maybe? It's hard to say. Thanksgiving's in November. So they've been in school for about three months now. No, I'm going to say like month and a half max probably about a month if that still really new and raw because halloween was yeah because fear itself was halloween and we've had then beer bad beer bad and then uh wild at heart right Mm -hmm. so yeah it must have taken place wild at heart must be in november so it Mm -hmm. must be less than a month yeah, you're right. It must be, especially if, yeah, if the Thanksgiving just happened, then within three weeks, perhaps. So it's Oof. still really raw and new. And 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 Alison Hannigan is demonstrating heartbreak really well here. 
right? I think just like, oh, watching her cry like that in bed and saying he's gone and she feels ripped in half, like so, so relatable and sad if you've been heartbroken. And Buffy's been heartbroken. Buffy knows what this feels like, which is why she's so gentle with her here. She's like, you know, I, it looks that way, right? And it feels like this way now. So, ooh, we got to Spike, who's trying to turn on the television, but he can't reach it because of the chains. <laughs> and he's screaming at Giles. He's like, come on now, it's telly time. <laughs> And Giles is leaving a message on Buffy and Willow's answering machine and saying, Willow, I thought you were bringing the ingredients for the spell. And then Spike screams. Help me, Willow. You're my only hope. <laughs> and Spike screams, Passions is on. Timmy's done a bloody well. And if you make me miss it, I'll. And Giles says, you'll do what? Lick me to death? <laughs> and Giles says, Willow, I think we ought to try the spell. Among other things, I'd like to shower sometime today alone. And he's this angry. This is... This is the end for Giles, because you have yeah. to remember, prior to this, we never saw Giles watching TV. And then earlier this season, it was, hey, guys, Giles have a has a TV. He's shallow like the rest of us. And <laughs> legit, the TV was behind books. Giles wasn't yeah. watching that TV. He was too busy getting laid earlier this season. Good for you, Giles. Yeah. But now, since Xander excavated that TV, the temptation has been there. I bet Giles turned it on once in a while to watch a hoity-toity documentary. Um, and now with Spike as his unwilling roommate watching Passions, you know, it's downhill from here. It, that's a gateway soap opera. And even if Spike leaves after this, I think this is it. I think Giles has been ruined and he's going to be watching TV for the rest of his days. Well, yeah, well, two things to that. One, we did see Giles watching game shows in Wild at Heart while he exactly. ate cereal. Yeah. And uh, B, I love that you called Passions a gateway soap opera because it so was. <laughs> like, I loved right? Passions. I'm not too familiar with it, but my understanding oh. is that it's, I, I know it's a soap opera and I know it's probably like, I don't want to say it's more accessible than other soap operas. I don't really know how you measure it soap was. opera accessibility. But. No, it was because it was supernatural. Like there were witches and dolls that came alive and portals. Maybe and you it should was, get into this. Yeah, well, I mean, it got canceled and I don't know why should it got we, canceled. Should we do a Passions bonus episode? Yes. <laughs> yes, because I watched, I was a little girl and I was watching Passions. It was a good show. <laughs> All right, listeners, tell us uh, what sequence, what plot line in Passions should we watch? Timmy! We're not watching the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch timmy and then we're gonna watch Teresa and her forever love for ethan so long live passions we cut to the picnic in rugs field and okay riley okay rugs field is just campus <laughs> like there are people everywhere it's not beautiful there are like there's no trees or like a brook it's just campus and i don't know why he was pumping it up so much or hyping it up so much but what i will say about this cute picnic date idea which which is so riley and so cute i like that but so many buffy and riley scenes are out in the daytime right like they're they're always out in beautiful sunlight with both their blonde hairs just reflecting the rays and Buffy is always looking beautiful and he's looking handsome. And like, I just, you know, Buffy, enjoy that time out in the sun while it lasts, okay? Like, enjoy the awkward starts of the relationship that you and Riley have been doing this dance with each other back and forth. And that's very typical and very normal. And I like this for her. And I think this is cute. And I just like that. It just, it's just a nice image 
Buffy out on a picnic date in the middle of the day. Yeah, I I, re- I really like her hair too. It just uh, it's different, you know. It's crimpy. Um, Buffy is amazed that Riley drives around for fun. <laughs> That's what he's telling her. She's like, she says she's an avid pedestrian. And Riley asks if she knows how to drive. And Buffy says cars and Buffy are unmixy things. This is true. Believe her, Riley. We know this. Uh, Riley says you can have the best time in a car. It's not about getting somewhere. You have to take your time. Relax. What else could people possibly do in a car? Let it wash over you. The air. Motion. Just let it roll. (laughs) So this is getting sexual. That's what else people can do in cars, Cara. They can talk about sex. They can talk about sex, but definitely not have sex in cars until they're married. So I don't see how that could possibly work. I mean, cars are such enclosed spaces. That seemed really uncomfortable to me. Well, this actually, this this metaphor that they're using got uncomfortable for me because I was like, <laughs> okay, so are they talking about sex or 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 relationships or like giving Riley a chance? You know, with like taking it slow and it's going to be a better ride overall if you like take it I, slow. I don't see like Riley, what? you know, conservative farm boy Riley. I don't see him doing innuendo. So I don't think that's, that's I mean. on purpose. You know, he's yeah. not, he is the anti-Parker, right? Like he is everything Parker is not. And I like that he doesn't make a move on Buffy, right? This is a picnic. They're getting to know each other. They're talking. But he's not pressuring her. He's not like, hey, let's go back to my place. And, it's like, let's take you know, it slow. I'll tell Forrest to get lost, and then I'll tell him all about it afterwards. Sock on the door. Um, Buffy says that we are talking about driving, right? So when she says that, I'm like, wait. And then he says, I thought I was. So, like, what are you talking about? You know, like, maybe Riley's getting dirty and he doesn't mean to, and he's just like, oh, no. Oh, gee whiz. (laughs) So Riley says, you know what? I'm taking you. Some night when it's warm past the vineyards, it's going to change everything for you. And I was like, when is it not warm at night? Like, like this is like the hottest <laughs> like it's such it's always warm in Sunnydale so just go but also uh I don't know about you Cara but like when I was younger driving around was something that we did a lot because Thunder Bay is an isolated city there's not a lot to do when you're under 19 so oh I I was the person with the car I had yeah. a car well then so you were the was, wheels yeah and, and that was I don't want to say nobody wanted to be my friend if I didn't have a car, but it certainly was a nice kind of social lubricant in the sense of like, you know, it was easier for me as an introvert to involve myself in activities if I volunteered to drive people. Oh, hell yeah. And the first friend of ours that got a car was horribly abused (laughs) in terms of like, I need you to pick me up. Let's go for a ride. Let's go get (laughs) snacks. You know, all that person, it was all on them. So Buffy agrees. She wants to go on a drive with him and Willow approaches and she's looking really sad. And they're like, Oh, Hey Willow. And Willow says, Oh, I interrupted. She's Eeyore today. She's like, you've got apples, my miss. And then she starts to leave. And Riley is actually so sweet. He's like, wait, sit. There's plenty to go around. And I actually, I think, and you know, we, we're on episode nine, right? And we've seen Riley speak to Willow way more than Buffy, in my opinion. And he's so nice to her. He's like being a good friend, you know? Like he, he always checks in with her and, and about her. And I think that's really nice. So Buffy asks if anything happened. And Willow says, everything's fine. And she sits. And Buffy's like, oh. And Willow says, your apple's turning brown as they do. And <laughs> Riley's like, yeah, they do that. And they're all just like, yeah. There's, there's a time for everything. <laughs> All, everything browns eventually. <laughs> everything Jesus. goes rotten. God, who invited her? Um, but she's sad, okay? So it's okay for her to sit. 
Um, we cut to the bronze where alcohol, Kara, alcohol is being served the bronze because there's all these like, you know, red and blue solo cups being passed around. So I don't understand. Like all of a sudden people go up here and get wasted. And even weirder, Blink-182 is playing in the background. Like all the small things. Oh, like, that song like, <laughs> was my jam in the day, Steph. Oh, that's there's I think it's I still, still my jam. It yeah. <laughs> it's still my jam. Blink-182 is great. Um <laughs> what a vibe, what a vibe. So actually the bronze sounds like a this is like the most fun I've ever seen the bronze be. So Buffy is telling Xander and Anya about Oz sending his first stuff and he's not call and he didn't call Willow. And Anya says she wishes she had her powers back. She'd liquefy his entrails for her. And Xander's like, that's sweet, but poor Will. No wonder she's. And then we, we see Willow dancing, dancing up a storm with all these strangers. And Xander's like having a wonderful time. And Buffy says, wow, way to rebound. And Xander says, that's the dance of a brave little toaster. And that movie, The Brave Little Toaster, is traumatizing. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it. A long time ago. Oh, don't watch it. It's it's scarring. So Willow <laughs> comes over and says, come on, this music's great. Like, come dance with me. And for once, I agree with you, Willow. It's not weird, sad music or like, you know, techno music that I can't dance oh, to. <laughs> the music is dark like my soul. <laughs> It's it's Blink-182, and I would love to dance with them. So Xander says, it's nice to see you brought your boogie shoes tonight, Will. And Willow says, oh, yeah, I know. I've been a party poop lately. So I said to myself, self, I said, it's time to shake and shimmy it off. And it works, too. I figure in the grand scheme of things, we're all just... But then she knocks over a bottle of beer, an opened beer bottle on the ground. So Buffy says, you're drunk? And Willow says, <laughs> drunk like that's a strong word kind of a guttural anglo-saxon word drunk and <laughs> xander says not loving the drowning of the sorrows will and willow says not drowning waiting and she points to the beer and she's just like it's light beer see no big <laughs> and buffy says no big remember when buffy had the fun beer fast and went one million years bc and she must be referring to beer bad <laughs> and xander says sadly without the fuzzy bikini and Anya Ugh. says, off topic, Xander. And here's Anya doing what Cordelia used to do, which is telling right, him to like, shut up and stop fantasizing about your friend in front of me. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not much to say about here because we we have said a lot about Xander being not that bad in this season. And even again, even in this episode, like this is baseline gross Xander. So I don't even think we we should call it out, obviously, but I don't think we need to harp on it because... You know, yeah, we're, we're kind of used to this at this point. And, yeah, and Anya did it for uh, us. Well, yeah, Anya's calling him out, which, good job. You know, yeah. if she's your girlfriend, Xander, you should be ma imagining her in a bikini, because she's certainly imagining you in one. <laughs> <laughs> I picture myself having sex with him right now. <laughs> so Xander says, um, Will, how about you give me that beer? And Will's like, no, why should I? I've got pain here, big legitimate pain. And Xander says, we all have pain, Will. And Willow says, like what? Poor me, I live in a basement. Yeah, that's dire. And that upset Xander. Ooh, that upset Xander. So he goes back to the table to Anya and Buffy's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm taking you home. And Willow says she doesn't want to go. And Buffy says, well, you'll thank me when you still have a friend in the morning. And okay, do we think that they're being really judgmental of Willow getting drunk here? Because yeah. I feel like they are. I think they're getting a little bit too judgy and like they're concerned. I get that. 
but I don't know when, when you go through a breakup, you should all be getting wasted together. Like you guys should drink with her and then you guys should all no. go have fun and dance together. I disagree for a couple of reasons. I, I understand what you're saying about like offering that fellowship, but I, I think that it's a little bit unhealthy to be encouraging people, especially younger people. I know here in Canada, they would be of age, but you know, to, to engage in like drinking culture. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I think like you're right that there's nothing wrong with Willow wanting to go out, have some alcohol, party away her feelings. That's fine. But when she starts making cheap shots at Xander and such, she's crossed a line. And I think that's the point where they really step in. Before that, they were just expressing concern and they could have walked away. But now that Willow has really like crossed that line, I think they're right to kind of shut it down um, and take her out of that situation. Because when your friend is like that, you also have a responsibility to step in and, you know, make sure that they're going to be around the next day. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I think, I, I don't, number one, I don't think she's that drunk. It looks like she drank half a beer. But yeah. I, I like that Buffy but stepped in. <laughs> I like that Buffy stepped in because Willow went too far with Xander. And that's when Buffy's yes. like, all right, all right, I'm stepping in. But they were judging her for drinking before that, where Buffy's like, remember me? And I got like, I drank too much and like all this yes, stuff. But it's like, re- remember, right. beer is bad. It <laughs> beer works. bad. She's, <laughs> oh like no. <laughs> Buffy really learned the lesson of that episode. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, I, I hear what you're saying too. I think what they should have done though is they should have taken her home and then we should have had a scene. Where, you know, like the three or four of them are sitting in the dorm room watching a really sad movie on Buffy's tiny little TV and eating some popcorn and it's like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, too. But I am saying there's nothing wrong with blowing off a little steam when your friend's sad and going out and partying as long as you're with them to watch what they do. So willow says i can't stand feeling this way i want it to be over and buffy says it will i promise but it's going to take time and willow says well that's not good enough and buffy says i know it's just how it is you have to go through the pain and i was like oh god that's such a good quote because it's is that not one of the biggest themes of the show (laughs) right like you it just sucks but you have to go through that pain and that's growing up right so willow says isn't there some way i can make it go away i like just because I say so. Can I just make it go poof? Uh-oh. <laughs> Red flag coming from Willow. So we cut to Amy the Rat in Buffy and Willow's room. There she is. We wondered the other episode where the hell Amy is. <laughs> so this dorm room really lacks for rules because when I was in dorms, you definitely were not allowed to have pets at all. <laughs> Buffy is sleeping, but Willow can't sleep. It's 3.37 a.m. in the morning. So she gets up, she takes ingredients and her book out of her magic trunk, and she goes to the bathroom. She's surrounded by a circle of candles, and she's doing a spell. That's um, And she's saying, like, my will be done. And lightning crashes on the candles. The flames all get really high. So... Here's where I'm going to take what you said earlier, Karin, and like agree hard with you in that first we see Willow indulging in alcohol to get over her sadness or at least to like mm-hmm. help numb it a bit. And now she's leaning into old trusty, which is magic and doing mm-hmm. spell work to get rid of her emotional problems. So in this regard, I do agree that like the, the alcohol was a warning sign. Now, this is really a problem because Willow has leaned into this instinct before 
But before, let's say when she did the Delusting spell in Lover's Walk or the Heartbreak spell in Wild at Heart, she never went through with that, with it, either because she was interrupted or uh, she chose herself not to go through with it. But here is a spell that she actually went through with because she's in so much pain. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts that I cannot share until much later in this series, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you're right. Like, this is something we just have to keep paying attention to in this series is, you know, as Willow continues to grow in her magical abilities, how does she use magic, not just for good and fighting evil, like she talked about at the end of last season. But as you said, it's like, there's this parallel the show's setting up between magic use and substance use. And it's like, you know, how does Willow use magic as an unhealthy coping strategy? Mm-hmm. So we cut to the next morning where Willow is testing the spell. She's in bed and she, it's not working, right? So she she can't bend her Q-tip. She can't make a book read to her. And she's like, ah, it's not working. So we hear a knock on the door and Willow says, come in. And I was like, did you learn nothing in the initiative, Willow, when you said come in and in came Spike? So it's Giles, though, and he's concerned for her. He says that she missed their appointment, and Giles says, like, Willow, I know that you've been having a difficult time, but shirking your responsibilities. And Willow says, I didn't shirk. I did the research, and I picked up the motherwort. I just forgot doing the spell part. And Giles says, that isn't like you at all. And Willow says, I know I've been off. I even tried to do a spell last night to have my will done. I was hoping it would make you feel better, but it just went all kablooey. And Giles says, it's not safe for there to be for you to be doing spells right now because your energy is all unfocused. And Willow says, that's not true. I said it was off, not incompetent. And she's starting to get really frustrated and defensive here. And Giles says, you're grieving and it might be wiser if you took a break from doing spells without supervision. And Willow says, so I, so I get punished because I'm in pain. And Giles says, it's not punishment. I'm only saying this because, and Willow says, yeah, because you care. Everyone cares, but nobody wants to be inconvenienced. You all want me to take the time and go through the pain as long as you ha- don't have to hear about it anymore. And Giles like, that's not fair. And Willow's like, isn't it? I'm doing the best I can. It doesn't seem to be enough for you guys. And Giles says, I see how you can feel that way. And Willow says, no, you don't. You don't see anything. And her eyes briefly glow blue. That's never good. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. At least it's not green. (laughs) And Giles immediately touches his eyes. And he's like, you know what? Uh, Let's talk about it later. And he leaves. And as he's in the hallway, he knocks into a student because he's having trouble seeing. So... I have a lot of understanding for Willow's situation. I've been heartbroken. I know what it feels like. I know how you can't sleep and you can't eat and it's just misery, right? But this is where I started to lose my patience with Willow because I like, again, I understand that she's hurting, but she's really starting to lash out at different people in her life. And I don't know how normal that is when you're going through a breakup. I think it can be normal when you're grieving, like someone who's died maybe, but a breakup is a form of grief, but it's just, it just feels different. So this is where I started losing my patience because it also is mixed in with the magic because at first she was really defensive. She was like, Giles, I did the research. I just forgot because my mind is somewhere else right now. And then when he suggests that she back away from the magic because she's really emotional right now, that's where she gets upset and where she gets pissed off, just like in Fear Itself, when she was like, you think I can't do it? Like, I can do it. I'm just as good. Like, I can do it. I'm not a sidekick, you know? But I also think that her friends are failing her a little bit, too. Oz was the one who was most concerned with how Willow was engaging with magic. 
he communicated that to her, even as he continued to support her. And now he's gone. And I don't know if the others know that Willow's going to that Wicca group on campus, but none of them are really showing that much interest. You know, Willow tries to tell Buffy, and Buffy's just kind of like, oh, like, are you sure that's good for you? But they're not really checking in with her. And, you know, as we saw in that earlier scene where Spike's the one who tells everybody that she's not doing well, Buffy's got her head so wrapped up in Angel and the whole Angel thing and then Riley now. It just feels like they're being very reactive, right? Oh, Willow, you're drunk. Go home. And there's not much that's proactive. I know we saw previously, obviously, Buffy was taking Willow out to party. But it feels like everybody's a little bit distracted right now. I agree with that um, because we've already established that it's only been a couple weeks. Like, it's very fresh. So they should be giving Willow more space and obviously for lack of a better word, babying her more, right? And like taking her out with them and and doing what they can to make her feel better. Um, But is this not Giles showing concern? I know he's there because she missed an appointment with him, which inconvenienced him very much. But he is showing her proper concern, the same kind of concern that Oz would have. Right. And and there's also something to be said here about the fact that, you know, this this is very much librarian Giles. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing here is the fact that This is a transition season where Giles is no longer in a position of authority over them. He's just their dad now. So they're still trying to figure out the new power dynamic, right? Like they don't really have to follow Giles' directions anymore, but he still out of reflex gives these kind of suggestions that are kind of like orders. It's like a lecture almost, yeah. Yeah, and Willow is, you know, she's an adult now. She's in college. She's more independent She's pushing the boundaries. So uh, as much as I think that her behavior is perhaps a little bit exaggerated for the sake of TV, I also think that this scene, as you've just pointed out, is quite valuable because there's a lot going on here. It's not just the fact that Willow is grieving over Oz. It's also Willow is trying to push her independence. Giles is pushing back more, more, mostly out of habit than anything else. And there's so yeah, there's a lot going on in this interaction. There is, there is, and I, I I call back to fear itself because in that episode we also talked about Willow's ego when it comes to her magic and how it's easily it's very fragile because Buffy was the one that called out her magic use as only fifty fifty right, it only works. 50% of the time. And here's Giles suggesting that the magic is too much for her at the moment because she can't focus. And she just gets really upset and defensive about that. So I, I do think there's a bit of her ego ma- uh, wrapped up in here too. So we cut to Giles, who is trying the spell on Spike by himself. Spike is now chained in the living room <laughs> to the floor. And um, Giles is having a really hard time reading the book that he's doing. And as he's doing this, he pulls a handkerchief out of his pocket and the key for Spike's chains falls to the floor. So Spike is getting the key because Giles is distracted. He can't see very well. And he's saying like, I don't want you doing this mojo on me. If you can't read properly, you could turn me into a stink beetle. And Giles is saying that would be very generous ending for you, Spike. (laughs) And as he says that Spike takes off his chains, pushes Giles aside, grabs his jacket from, which is hung very nicely on the wall. (laughs) And he right. takes it's, off. <laughs> I loved that thoughtfulness and like, oh, he's just, it's just right there. He just takes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so these funny. days, of course, Giles could have just got the book from an audiobook website and had the book on tape. It's just been like, <laughs> you know, chapter one, truth spell. 
So Please easy. have the ingredients prepared while I read the truth spell to you. <laughs> that's definitely such a good idea. Maybe that's what Giles should do in his free time, right? Move all his books to books on tape. <laughs> so Willow is cleaning Amy's cage as the rat sits on her bed, and she's complaining about Giles to Buffy. And Buffy says, Giles does, just worries, okay? So spells can be dangerous doesn't mean that he thinks you're a bad witch. And Willow says, I am a bad witch. If I any, had any real power, I could have made Oz stay with me. That is a disturbing thing to say. That is a power trip. That is, oh, Willow, like making him stay with you. And Buffy starts to call this out. She says, you wouldn't have wanted him to stay, right? Obviously, if, if you had to make him stay, uh, but Willow says that she didn't have the guts to do that spell on Veruca either. And her I will it spell went nowhere. So the only real witch here is fuzzy little Amy. She got access to powers I can't even evoke. First, she's a perfectly normal girl. And then poof, Amy, <laughs> the human, is naked on the bed behind them. And she's looking around like, oh my God, I'm not a rat anymore. And Willow says, and then poof, she's a rat. And then she turns back into a rat. I love this. I love that they got Elizabeth Ann Allen back for a very brief scene in this Two episode. Two-second cameo. All it is. And it's just like, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. And they didn't notice that that happened, obviously. And then the phone rings and Buffy answers and she's like, okay, I gotta go. So she she's going to leave because she said Spike escaped. And Willow says, you're going now? And Buffy says, sorry, it's a duty thing. And Willow says, what's the rush? Spike can't hurt anyone, right? I'm kind of grievy. I figured we could have a girls' night, eat Sundays, watch Steel Magnolias, and you could tell me at least I don't have diabetes. So Buffy says, I can't hang out with you until I get Spike back to Giles. You know that. I'll be back as soon as I can. I promise. And then she goes. And while she's leaving, Willow's saying, I don't see the big. He's probably just standing out there. You'll find him in two seconds. And <laughs> her eyes glow blue. And Buffy walks outside the dorm. And Spike is literally standing right there in the field. <laughs> and Buffy's like, oh, I thought that was going to take longer. <laughs> And Spike's like, me too. I must have gotten turned around. And then he realizes that that spot on the ground is where he escaped from the commando lab. And he starts freaking out. He's like, the door is gone, but he's like pulling the grass out of the ground. And he's like, open up. I'm going to kill you. Let me in. Fix me. And Giles is putting eye drops in his eyes in his own bathroom when Buffy pushes Spike through the door and Buffy and him are fighting each other you know and he's like you don't you don't you're not going to kill me you don't have the stones and Buffy's like I've got the stones I've got a whole bunch of stones and Spike says you are all talk and Buffy says Giles I accidentally killed Spike that's okay right <laughs> <laughs> So yes, it is. Giles is like, just, just a minute, just, just a minute. And we cut to Willow, who's made it to Xander's basement, and she's bitching about Buffy now. She's you know? going on her bitch tour. She really is. And this is what I mean when I said, like, I was starting to get really annoyed with Willow, and it's because she's just lashing out at everybody. So first she was bitching about Giles. Now she's bitching about Buffy. And she's saying, like, she doesn't make her best friend a priority. And I think this is slightly true because, like you said, Kara, again, like, Buffy. Buffy mm -hmm. is pretty distracted with slaying, and she was very there for her at Wild at Heart. And you're right, she took her to a party in the initiative, but her duty gets in the way. It gets in the way of Buffy's own life too, right? But obviously Willow doesn't see, doesn't think like that right now. And Xander says as much, right? She says, say, like, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not like she could just let Spike go. 
Buffy throws Spike into a chair at Giles's and he says, when I get the spell reversed, they'll be finding your body for weeks. And Buffy says, make a move, please. I'm dying for a good sleigh. And Willow is telling Xander that Spike's more important than me. I get it. And Xander says, Buffy has to find out what's going on with the commandos. Right now she needs Spike. And Willow says, well, fine. Why doesn't she go marry him? And her eyes glow blue. And Giles is making his way to the living room, begging them to remain civil with each other. And he sees, probably very blurrily, Spike on his knees in front of Buffy. And she is like, it's just so sudden. And <laughs> I don't know what to say. And Spike says, just say yes and make me the happiest man on earth. And Buffy says, oh, Spike, of course it's yes. And <laughs> they stand up, they kiss, they hug. And Buffy has tears in her eyes. And she sees Giles and she's like, Giles, you'll never believe what's happened. And she's wearing Spike's skull ring. <laughs> And that is perfect line delivery from Sarah Michelle Geller. Like this, it's so funny. This episode truly showcases her acting ability, right? We had that scene earlier in the bathtub that I highlighted, and now here it's like when we were watching I Will Remember You, we saw her at her maximum sadness with like the the tears yeah. and like it's not enough time. And I gotta be honest, I was like, okay, come on. Oh, um, Kara, how could you? I know, Steph. That's, I didn't say it during the episode because I just like Steph's on her terror. Like, you know, yeah, it's well, fine, Hey, but. some people don't like the melodrama of it all. But like that was heartbreaking and vulnerable. It was a vulnerable. little melodramatic for me, but it's impressive how how watery her eyes can get. Mm. Um, but we so we saw that. And now in this episode, we're seeing the comedic range. And, you know, this is something that Joss Whedon once said. I think it's on the commentary track for the movie Serenity. And I will agree with him on this. There's many things I disagree with Joss Whedon, but he said, comedy is harder than tragedy. Um, and so he said he will hire actors that he knows can do comedy because he then he knows they can also do tragedy. And I think that's true for Sarah Michelle Gellar. You know, she can be a very funny actor and then she can also be like peak tragic. And so like, I love her range and I love it when the episode gives her something like this is why I was so hard on Beer Bad. This episode is what Beer Bad should have been. It should have been Sarah Michelle Geller hilarious as this drunk, you know, person. Uh, and it didn't turn out that way. It was just kind of ugh. So this episode, I'm just like, I am fully on board with how absurd this is. You know, it's the same writer for Beer Bad and this episode. I mean writers can be inconsistent sometimes yeah, yeah. so I'm not, I'm not saying that person's a bad writer i'm just saying like that episode didn't work for me this one totally does mm -hmm. so xander's telling willow that everything she's feeling is because of her and oz not because of buffy or me or anybody but eventually you'll meet somebody and it'll be better and willow says yeah because most relationships are great and trouble free i don't think so i think we're all doomed to badness and xander says we're not and willow says let's look at your bio insect lady mummy girl anya you're a demon magnet. And her, then her eyes glow blue. And Xander says, hey, I was just trying to help. And again, like, and it's very rare for me to side with Xander and be like, Willow, you're out of line. But she is here. Like, she keeps lashing at him. And he's trying to be a good friend to her. There are many other opportunities in this series, Willow, where you could have lashed out at Xander, but you didn't. But like, here's not, a, not, the, not the time because he's actually trying to be there for you and looking out for you and you're just throwing his insecurities in his face so 
Giles is leaving a message for Willow on her phone as he's pouring himself a scotch and he's saying he can't see very well, right? Everything's blurred. And it's a spell of some kind because, well, seems something else is going on. And we cut to Buffy, who has heated up the mug of blood for Spike. She's crawling onto his lap and she's like, here you go, 98.6. And then they kiss and then, and Giles is like, horribly wrong. <laughs> so... Buffy, this is so funny. They're wedding planning, right? Like, they're, <laughs> Spike has a, like a note, has a pen with a notepad, and she's sitting on his lap, and she's like, "There's so much to decide: ceremony, guests, reception." And Spike's like, first thing, we're not having a church wedding." And I was like, "Ah, uh, Spike, Angel had a church wedding with Buffy in his <laughs> prophecy." <laughs> so Buffy says, "How about a daytime ceremony in the park?" <laughs> I wonder if you're talking about Rugsfield. (laughs) The most romantic place to get married on campus. (laughs) And Spike says, fabulous. Enjoy your honeymoon with a big pile of dust. And Buffy says, under the trees, indirect sunlight only. And Spike says, warm spring breeze tosses the leaves aside. And again, you're registering as Mr. and Mrs. Big Pile of Dust. And Giles is is now seated on the couch across from them. As Buffy's like, stop it. This is our wedding. And you're treating it like a big joke. And Spike's like, oh, pouty. Look at that lip. Gonna get it. Gonna get it. And they start making out. And oh, my God. Buffy's saying, like, stop. And Giles is like, yes, please stop. And I have to agree with Giles. Yeah, I'm with Giles. Like, it's funny. Like, don't get me wrong. It's fucking hilarious. But it is so cringy and, ugh, like, like, if I thought that Wesley and Cordelia's kiss in Graduation Day Part 2 was cringy, this is worse. <laughs> this is way worse. And also because, um, obviously, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and James Marsters are, like, eating up these scenes. Like, they're they're really, really over the top because they're under a spell. And it's Giles' reaction to them that's anchoring the humor down right like we're we're, we're looking at through giles's lens here at how bizarre mm-hmm. this is so buffy says giles did you see the ring and he's like thankfully not very well and he's like leaning back with his hands over his eyes so buffy comes to sit next to him and she says i'm not crazy i know that you probably don't approve and my father's not that far away i mean he could but this day is about family my real family and i would like you to be the one to give me away and sentimental music sentimental music is playing i know i know and giles smiles right he's like oh buffy that's so and then he's like oh for god's sake he's like this is nonsense like something is making you act this way don't you realize what you're doing i do i think it's very touching though no no it's touching and like we're all like oh daddy giles it's so nice right but his reaction is so funny because he's genuinely touched he's like that oh my god yes but then he's like for god's sake it's just so wild and i love this part made me laugh out loud like i was grinning while watching this scene right but this part where where he says do you realize what you're doing buffy looks at spike and she says living the dream <laughs> that line was too much you for mean me the nightmare <laughs> nothing could have prepared me for her to say that so <laughs> spike says it's gonna have to take a bit of time to get used to it pet and buffy says they all will but you guys weren't crazy about Angel for, at first either. And Spike says, you, were, you weren't going to say his name. And Puppy says, sorry, why don't we talk about where we're going to register? 
And Spike says, well, where would Angel like to register? Can we have the photographer Angel would have wanted and flowers Angel would have liked? There's the Spike we know and love. So Buffy says, you think I don't live with a shadow of Drusilla over my head? That I'm not wondering if you're going to be thinking about her on our honeymoon when you're making sweet love to me? And then they start making out. And Giles drops his glass and it breaks. And he's like, I'm rather blind, like completely, in fact. And this is actually scary because this was a callback to me to nightmares. Remember in nightmares, his biggest fear was not being able to read. Yes. This is like so scary for him. It's like really underplayed, but like this is like his worst nightmare. Um, Buffy's wondering how this could happen. And Jal says a spell, I believe. And Buffy says, we'll fix it. Don't worry. And Spike picks up a book and he's like, uh, what you want is a general reversal spell. I'll... I'll need supplies. And Giles is like, are you helping me? And Spike says, well, it's almost like you're my father-in-law, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. This is so messed up. I this don't know. This is so wild. Staff it's help. so funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. I need my mom. So Buffy says, see, this is how it's going to be. Spike will take care of you while I'm, I'm at the magic shop. From now on, we're a family. And they start to make out again, right? And Giles is like, They're it's treating all- Giles like he's this old man that needs to be <laughs> taken care of. And Giles is like, it's all right. I have more scotch. And he goes to go look for it. <laughs> so cut to Buffy leaving the magic shop and she go, sees a wedding dress in the store window of that store that Cordelia used to work at. And uh, she's admiring it in the window as Riley walks by. Of course, Riley would have to be around. You know, Riley is w- walking around this town a lot in a lot of these episodes. He just happens to stumble into Buffy while he's out and about. And he could be patrolling in his, you know, casual gear. But uh, how come no. Buffy never noticed him before, you know? <sighs> Because he's boring. <laughs> he blends in. And that's why he's in town. He's running some boring errands. He probably needed more toothpaste. <laughs> you know? He probably needed more fabric softener because he, he washes his clothes with a special fabric softener <laughs> to make sure that everything stays, stays just the right amount of starch. Yeah, he heard that the um, plain Cheerios are back in stock at the grocery store, so he went to go pick some up. <laughs> yes, exactly. He heard that they were selling plain pies with just the pie <laughs> crust and no filling. <laughs> Uh, poor Riley. So, of course, Buffy runs into him and she's like, aren't they beautiful? And he's like, yeah, it's nice. Like the dress, um, a little fancy for school. But uh, and Riley's like, Riley, I really like you. I hope you know what you, that you mean a lot to me. And if things were different and Riley's like different than what? <laughs> and Buffy's like, she grabs his hand and she's like, I want you to promise me that we'll always be friends. And I would really like for you to be there on the day. And Riley's like, the day when, and Buffy says, the wedding. And Riley's like, wedding? What wedding? And Buffy's like, my wedding. I'm getting married. Can you believe it? And Riley's like, I don't think, like, like no is a strong enough word. And he's like, in shock. <laughs> and she's like, I know, it's crazy. We fought all these years. And then sometimes you just look at someone and you know, you know. And Riley's like, no. <laughs> And she's like, I think we fought because we couldn't admit how we felt about each other. You'll really like him. Well, no one really likes him. I don't even like him. (laughs) And Riley's like trying to like interrupt her. He's like, what, what, what? And she's like, I love him. I do. And Riley's like, who? What's his name? And Buffy's like, who? And Riley's like, the groom. And she says, Spike. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Riley's like, that's a name. And Puppy says, don't be mad. And he's like, I'm not. And she's like, you are mad. And he's like, yeah, I, I am. Wow. And he's like, who is this guy? Does he go here? <laughs> this is chaos. And Buffy's like, Spike? No way. He's totally old. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, well, not as old as my last boyfriend was. <laughs> Oh, dear. And so what's so funny about this exchange, right, is Riley is the perfect comedic straight man. Because as we were just saying, he is so boring that paint watches him dry. (laughs) So his interaction with Buffy here is hilarious because he's not giving Buffy anything to work off of here, right? Like her, she is so incredibly excited. He's just standing there just like, huh? What like it, you can see it's taking him time to process, which I again it lends credence to your idea that he is, if not a himbo, himbo adjacent at times because <laughs> it, his brain is like cannot compute. Buffy marrying Spike old. I know, and when he leaves, he leaves like he's like okay, I'm leaving, bye, and he goes, and Buffy's like you're ruining my happy day, <laughs> and I want to talk about. You know, my least favorite topic in the Buffyverse is age gaps, but I do kind of want to get into it a little bit this episode. Maybe not right now in a little bit, but I do want to register right here that Spike does look old. And I'll leave it there for a couple more minutes. Uh, Xander is calling off to his mom at his in his basement. And he, she say, he's like, nope, we don't need any more snacks. And Anya says, I like those fruit roll-ups. <laughs> And they're they're clearly trying to get rid of Xander's mom so that they can do it. And Xander says, um, I thought she'd never clear out. Besides, just think of my lips as the fruit roll-ups of love. (laughs) No, no, no. We're shutting that down No, 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 no. And Xander is distracted because, you know, Will was upset. And Anya kisses him. And she's like, we just got rid of your mom. Let's not bring Willow into this. It's time for just the two of us. But before they can put it in, a red demon breaks through Xander's back door and starts beating him up. Good. (laughs) Good. Finally. And Xander tries to choke him. And Anya's like... No, no, it's a it's a Saparvo demon. Drowning is the only way to kill it. So they drown it in a laundry tub pretty pretty easily. And another demon breaks through the window and Xander and Anya run away. Oh no, a laundry tub. My one weakness. <laughs> if only he wasn't located in a basement where the laundry tub is so conveniently already filled Should with water. Should have done your reconnaissance, dude. <laughs> but again, I, I don't know why Xander's getting attacked by demons. But I'm here for it. <laughs> well, I mean, she's a demon magnet. Let's not forget. So here's, I just want to bring up age gaps again, because Anya says later in this, in this episode that she's 1100 years old, right? Like she, 1100 years ago, she was turned into a demon. Spike, we know, is at least 140 years old. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about age gaps when it came to angel and buffy and we talked about an angel on trial of course and i've been having discourse about it like probably literally every day of my life on tiktok um and i brought up one time why is a 240 year old vampire love interest for buffy a huge problem but anya who's a thousand years old not a huge problem when it comes to xander i would say it is i oh it is. Of course it is. And I ha- can easily dismiss age gaps in supernatural shows like this because it's just part of the genre, right? It just it just comes with the territory. And we just got to suspend yeah, that. I, I mean, 
yeah, I, I think I have more to say about that, but I'm not really interested in talking about it right now. So. Yeah, but I just wanted to bring up how interesting how how interesting it is that people so quickly defend Anya simply because Xander was 18 versus 17-year-old Buffy, right? Yeah, but Xander has the emotional maturity of a turnip. <laughs> So what does that make Anya? But that's my thing. Like my my argument back is usually, well, what is the difference between 17 and 18 when you're a thousand years old, when you're as old as Anya is? And in this episode, it reminded me of how old Anya is because she knew how to kill this demon right away. But also she looks older. We've said that before. I think she's only like 27 here in real life, but Hmm. she looks older. Her new haircut makes her look older in this episode. But let's talk about Spike because Spike, in my opinion, has always looked older. Like he always just looks like an old man trying to look young with his bleached hair and his clothes. But I don't know how old he was supposed to be when he gets turned. Maybe we'll find out. But I know that James Marsters was 38 when he was filming this episode. Interesting. I don't know if I'd say that he looks 38. I understand what you're saying. He does look older than than some of the others. But I don't know that he looks 38. I I don't know if we ever find out what his age was when he gets sired if you had to guess he he, i well i think he i think it's that he's he was older than angel when angel was sired if that makes sense if we were to guess that angel's like what 25 26 spike's probably 30 yeah i'm really bad at guessing ages but like he just does he doesn't look that old like he doesn't look 38 to me and it's also just weird because i've watched this show for so long right that like Mm -hmm. The actors all look noticeably older when you get to the end of the series, right? It's like Spike at the end of his appearance on Buffy looks older than he does. Like he has visibly aged, even though, you know, suspension of disbelief, vampires don't do that. It's just like with Angel, right? Angel season one of Buffy is a baby compared to Angel season five of Angel. (laughs) Um, And like you can tell, you can tell the difference. It's like night and day. And the same goes for Spike. And then, of course, nowadays, you know, I see James Marsters you know, on TV, on YouTube and stuff. Again, I think he still looks good for his age. He's yeah. aged quite well. Of course, they all um, have, yeah. Yeah, so, well, not all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm not as good at kind of judging people's ages from how they look as, as you are here. Well, but I no, agree. He, he looks older than Angel does. I know that he is 10 years older than David Boreanaz was at this point, right? Like, at least almost a decade older. Um so that's He's why not serving the same purpose, right? Like David Boreanaz was meant to be the heartthrob guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Spike, Spike is meant was to a be villain. like, yeah, well, the villain, but also the bad boy. And his whole aesthetic is meant to be more like punk, right? And so that's why he's got like the eyeliner and the bleach blonde hair and stuff. So he's trying to pull off a look that is quite distinct from Angels, which is much more like clean cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he pulls it off well. And I'm not saying that he looks bad in any way. I'm just saying this is something that I always caught my attention when I was younger. One of the reasons why this whole episode with them making out so much is cringy and creeps me out a bit is because I like he just looks so much older than Buffy. So when they're making out and it's against both of their will, it just always like it just always unsettled me a bit because I just think he looks mm. older, like really too old, if that makes sense. So let's cut to Buffy, who's singing like da 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 da. 
and she's like marching the cake toppers on Spike and Giles is lying on the couch and he's like, so the plan is to cure my total incapacitating blindness tomorrow, is it? <laughs> and Buffy says they're out of Tagus Root at the magic shop, but they'll have more tomorrow. So I'm on top of it. And then she tells Spike that, you know, they can smear red paint on the little man's mouth to make it look more like him. And she's like, blood of the innocent. And Spike's like, that's my girl. And they start to make out. And I think they were directed, they must have been directed to kiss as loudly as they possibly could. <laughs> no, that's, that's just the way Sarah Michelle Geller actually kisses in real life. <laughs> just, Giles is like, stop, stop it now. I can hear the smacking. And Buffy says, oh, honey, we need to talk about invitations. Do you want to put be William the Bloody or just Spike? <laughs> And then they argue about how weird Buffy's name is. And Buffy says, that's my mother. My mother gave me that name. And Spike says, yeah, your mother, she's a genius. And Buffy says, don't you start on my mother. And I was like, yeah, don't you fucking start on Joyce. Uh, was she not the one that showed you a little bit of kindness last season? We also haven't seen Joyce, you know, since the beginning of the season, right? I miss her, honestly. Like we had three seasons where it was just, you know, every episode or so, Joyce would pop up and be helpful, not be helpful, right? Hang out with Spike, give him some cocoa. I miss that. Kara, can I share a theory with you? A theory that was sparked by one of our chosen ones, Brady, when she Instagrammed us a meme the other day. But it's something that I'm actually really intrigued by. And the theory is that Spike is actually in love with Joyce <laughs> and has been since he met her in Becoming Part 2. Who among us is not in love with Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start there. Let's say, well, yeah, everyone is low-key in love with Joyce. But I, I think this is something I'm going to keep my eye on over the next little bit of rewatch. When we get to see Joyce again, when she graces our screens once again, I'm going to start building this theory that Spike has been in love with Joyce and seeks out Joyce and a lot of his actions moving forward are probably going to be because he has a long lost love named Joyce Summers. <laughs> so we continue on. Xander and Anya run in. They barricade the door and <laughs> demons are trying to come through it. Poor Giles' house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They always run to Giles' house. Seriously, he's like, stop coming here. And Xander notices that Spike is untied and Buffy says, well, maybe the demons have something to do with Giles being blind. And Xander waves his fingers in front of Giles' face and Giles is like, stop whatever you're doing. You smell like fruit roll-ups. It's his lips, Giles. Ugh. Why'd you say that? And Spike says, this is the crack team that foils my every plan. I am deeply shamed. And Buffy's holding his hand. And she's like, Spike's right. We really should get organized. And Anya and Xander take this in. And Anya's like, why are you holding hands? And Spike's like, Buffy, they have to hear about it sooner or later. And Buffy again, like, hugs Spike. And her delivery of this line, she's like, Spike and I are getting married. <laughs> And Xander's like, how? What? How? <laughs> and Spike says, what are you looking at, at Buffy? And Buffy says, the man I love. And they start to make out. And Anya and Xander are like so grossed out, as we all are. And Xander's like, can I be blind too? 
Same, Xander. Same. Oh, Xander, I feel you. And then um, <laughs> he's like, oh, wait, married. Oh, oh, wait, everything's familiar. Oh, work brain, work. And then he figures it out. He's like, Willow, something about Willow and her griefy, poor me mood swings. So, so tired of it. And Anya says, I don't have to be nice about her anymore. And Buffy Ooh. says, we're all tired of it. But what does that have to do with what's going on? So, again, it's been a couple of weeks, you guys. It's been a couple of weeks. It was like a two-year relationship, a really loving relationship up until the end. And, well, that part in the middle with the cheating. Um, and, like, did they not give Buffy a lot of space when she slept with Parker and then was bummed out about it for two, four, two three, four episodes? <laughs> so... Even, like, Willow got testy with Will, with Buffy by the end of that whole storyline, but she had a right to be because Parker was an asshole who used Buffy and ditched her after. So being annoyed with Buffy for, you know, crying over this guy for so long is justifiable. But in this case, they definitely deserve to give Willow more space in her grief over her relationship. Xander says that... Um, Willow had told me that I was a demon magnet and that you two should get married. And Giles and G then Giles realizes that she said he didn't see anything and she did a spell to have her will done, whatever. So whatever she says is coming true. And this is so funny because Buffy's like, you both were affected. I probably only escaped because I'm the slayer, some kind of natural immunity. <laughs> and Xander's like, yeah, right. Cause you're marrying Spike because you guys are so right for each other. <laughs> And Buffy's hurt by that, and Spike says, that's it, you're off the Usher list. Oh, no. <laughs> Whatever will Xander do? That could have been another job he could have. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> uh, so um, Giles says, Willow probably doesn't know what she's doing, we gotta go find her, and then he trips and falls, and we cut to Willow, who's entering her dorm room, and a demon is hiding behind the door, covers her ears, and the whole room goes dark, and there's, like, an electricity that kind of forms around her head as she screams. So, we cut to Buffy, Xander, and Spike, and Anya, who are walking to the dorm, <laughs> Spike and Buffy are holding hands, and Spike is complaining that they're helping someone who isn't them, and Buffy's like, these are my friends, and this is my job, and Spike says, for now, and Buffy says, you want me to stop working and spike says do i want you to give up killing my friends yeah i've given it some thought so in the dorm room there's a big burnt symbol on the ground and again like they have pets in this dorm room and they're just like they're trashing it every week like this is the it's most true. lax dorm i've ever seen in my life <laughs> they have the worst ra ever <laughs> or the best or the best i don't know which one um it's so wild so anya says oh it's jeff Hoffren, that bastard he's opened a portal here he made me a demon uh, 1120 years ago and Buffy asks why he would attack Willow and Anya says I don't believe he did ooh mysterious ooh and we didn't see we haven't seen DeHoffrin since Doppelgangland when Anya was talking to him and uh, DeHoffrin's talking to Willow in this dark void this dark space with all these demons and cloaks surrounding her it's just his office it's actually smaller than it looks but he's just really good with the lighting <laughs> he's just really working that spotlight <laughs> So DeHoffren's telling Willow that um, he, she has a lot of much pain and anger and her magic is strong, but her pain is just like a scream that pierces dimensional walls. We heard your call. And Willow's like, I'm sorry, I I'll try to keep my rage quiet. Like, bye. <laughs> and she tries to leave. <laughs> Maybe DeHoffren is their, is their um, res 
what's that? What are they called? <laughs> He's actually the RA. Yeah, the guy. RA. <laughs> it's like I'm keeping an eye on you. <laughs> uh, so, um, Dahoffrin says our intention is not to quash your potential quite the contrary and we cut to anya who's leading the scoobies to a crypt in the cemetery and she was telling them i was dumped i was miserable i was doing a few vengeance spells you know boils on the penis typical stuff of course (laughs) gotta love the boils on a penis spell classic vengeance snap it works every time it works every time (laughs) so to hoffrin offered to elevate me meaning they made me a demon and buffy's panicking for willow and she's like oh my god you can summon this guy right in this crypt right and you can make him a oh my god like she she gets distracted by this crypt and she says like wouldn't this be a great place to take photos in front of Buffy, no, you, it's it's not. It's an ugly crypt. Of course, it would not go well with your wedding photos. And a demon approaches them, a big horny one. <laughs> and Buffy says, "Listen, we're gonna do this without destroying without destroying the foliage." They start to fight. Another demon runs out. Then more. So they all run into the crypt, and uh, Spike and Buffy barricade it with a big slab of cement and uh anya creates a circle around herself and starts doing the chant to summon de hothran and de hothran is telling willow that the pain and suffering she has brought upon those she loves has been inspired she's ready to join them on their join them here on arashmahar so anya can't remember the spell right so she has to start again and there's also like a fight going on around her right she's a little bit under pressure she's distracted yes 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 um xander and spike are now holding the door as spike is telling buffy that the if the demons get in like he can't protect her and buffy's like you think i have you have to protect me and spike's like not with the girl power bit and then they uh the, the demons break in they all start fighting uh spike gets thrown over buffy's fighting one anya and xander are fighting one to hoffren is showing willow all of this in like this like mirror it's <laughs> like pool and willow's like oh god i didn't mean to do that and to hoffren says but you did this is the result of your power you will make a fine vengeance demon helping them is not his concern so so is- how he's showing this it's almost like it's this projector screen because then once he finishes showing it he like slot like collapses it down like um those projector screens that you just kind of like yeah uh, slide out like a and scroll you, like, go and kind of yeah you know he just kind of like yeah and i thought it was really slick and i'm like gosh to hoffer and like he's just this guy his execution is so good Yes, I actually really like Dehoffren. I fucking love Dehoffren. I wish we got more of this guy because he is a, he, this is his recruitment pitch. It's a good pitch. His execution oh. is on point. And he's such a a likable demon. Yeah, and I want him to recruit me for this job. This sounds sick. Oh, you would make a fearsome vengeance demon. Thank you. I know I would. I'm waiting for him to come. I, I mean, I know this from personal experience Almost every single week when you have to go yell at your husband while he's making noise. <laughs> What's that building this week, Steph? I don't know, but I'm about to curse him with boils on his penis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, do, I, I don't think you have to punish yourself here, my dear. It's funny because like our listeners wouldn't know, but when we're recording every Thursday, it's true. My husband just loves building shelves on Thursday nights. <laughs> And we could always hear him doing something loud. 
Um, anyway, let's get to Dehothran. Dehothran um, is offering her this job, right? And Willow's like, no offense intended. Like, you've been super nice. <laughs> but I don't want to be a demon. I want to go back and help my friends. And Dehothran's like, that is your answer. And she says, it is. And he says, I'm sorry to hear that. And it seems like really like a threat. Like, it seems really intense. And then he's like, oh, well, here's my talisman. If you change your mind, give us a chance. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love how he take he takes no for an answer. Dahofrin. Okay, he employs women who have been wronged by men. Yes. Dahofrin is a feminist. He is <laughs> pro women and he is against toxic masculinity and he wants to change, you know, he wants to fight the patriarchy. Dahofrin is an ally and he listens to women and when they say no, he doesn't, you know, make them a demon without their consent. He's just yeah. like all right. I respect that. Yeah. He's like, no means Here's no. Here's my contact number. Call me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that he. it's like not a business card. It's a talisman, right? Like, give me a shout <laughs> if you change your mind because we are always recruiting. We are always looking for talent like yours. <laughs> like, I love it. I feel like the Hoffman should go after Harmony. Oh. Well, it's too late. Can you? Can a, can a vampire become a vengeance demon? Well, I don't see why I don't not. know. I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules. So, Okay. He's, he he transports, teleports uh, Willow away. And I just I also want to add, does if Willow took the job, if she decided that she was going to be a vengeance demon, does she get to teleport for free? Yes, she, she would get one of those power centers like Anya had, right? God, that's sick. That's awesome. God, no wonder Anya wanted to get her job back, you know? Like, she was really devastated to yeah, get fired. like, this is a sweet gig. Yeah, and, it is. You know, Anya was doing it for a thousand years. Like, it's all she knew. Like, I totally understand Anya's motivation. Yeah. It's just, she was evil. It, yeah, she, I mean, the, the drawback is that you have to be evil, but there are so many pros <laughs> to getting this job. You get to hang out in the corners of people's houses. <laughs> you get to appear from corners to scare <laughs> men. <laughs> You can have it like a scary demon voice. <laughs> you live for a very long time, I guess immortally, if you'd like to. It's pretty sweet. And you get to put boils on Venuses. <laughs> really, there's no downside to this except for the evil part. There really isn't. So I hope Willow keeps that talisman. So Buffy has thrown most of the demons out, but Spike appears to be knocked out on the floor. Buffy gets on top of him and they start to make out again. And Xander and Anya are fighting a demon when Willow appears and she says, let the healing power begin. Let my will be safe again. As these words of peace are spoken, let the harmful spell be broken. And lightning flashes and the demon disappears and Buffy and Spike stop kissing. <laughs> and they both look at each other and they're like, oh, oh, oh God, oh God. <laughs> and they get up and they start retching. And Buffy is like, oh, Spike lips, lips of Spike. <laughs> she wants to puke. And everyone looks at Willow who just says, hi, guys. So cut to the Giles' kitchen where Willow is baking up a storm. She's baking up a batch of frownies just kidding there's cookies and anya asks as they're helping her and she's like how long are you gonna make these and willow says until i don't feel so horribly guilty i figure about a million chips from now also i have to detail giles's card <laughs> so willow brings the plate of cookies out to giles on the couch who can see again and she's like oatmeal and he's like very funny they're chocolate chip i can see them <laughs> and uh willow offers another one to buffy who's sitting across from spike and she's like eat a cookie ease my pain and buffy says is it better and willow says 
Uh, baking lifts 30% of my guilt, but only 7% of my inner turmoil. Guess that'll <laughs> just take a while. And Buffy says, it'll happen. So Spike is tied up to a chair again. Interestingly enough, though, his arms are loose. Like his torso is tied to the chair, but he has free arms. I think they just got tired of feeding him blood through a straw. Oh, true, true, true. They're like, this is much easier. And Spike says, don't I get a cookie? And Buffy's like, no. (laughs) And Spike says, well, I got to have something. I still have Buffy taste in my mouth. And Buffy calls him a pig. And he says, I'm not the one who wanted wind beneath my wings for the first dance. And he says it so loudly. So Giles, Xander, and Anya look over. and They're judging her hard as they should. And Buffy's like, that was the spell, and walks away. And Willow shoves a cookie into Spike's mouth. And this is my question. Can vampires eat human food? Because in the last episode of that we watched of Angel, he was freaking out about human food because he was a human and he could eat it again. Right, but he was freaking out about the taste, right? It's, mm. it's not that vampires can't eat. It's that they don't, because they don't derive any sustenance from it, and I would assume because their body is partially dead, right, necrotic, um, their taste buds don't function the same way ours ours do, right? So they can eat. They just don't enjoy it the way, you know, if you bite into your favorite food and you taste it and you're just like, oh, yeah, so satisfying. Um, and it doesn't fill you up the way it fills us up, right? So that when Angel was turned into a human there, you know, he was so overwhelmed because it's a sensation. And I, th- I think most of us can identify with how overpowering the smell of some foods can be for us, the taste of some foods. You know, it is a very kind of like primal connection to our bodies. And that has been severed for vampires. For vampires, the only thing that satisfies their hunger is blood. That's so interesting because that, okay, so in my, so I, I agree with you. I can see that that being the case. However, when vampires, like, for example, Spike here clearly likes cookies. He probably eats them pretty often. So when vampires eat human food, does that mean they have to shit again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is a great question. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Um, like, is it possible Spike shits more than other vampires because he eats human food? <laughs> and other vampires stay away from it. I don't want to think about this, Steph. <laughs> I, the, I, 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 this is what the show Willow is showing us. <laughs> turns to Buffy. <laughs> right in, right into Buffy's girls. We want to know. <laughs> Evil has hot stakes about this. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Car reads our email first. Do it. <laughs> but, uh, Willow's like, did I mention how I'm sorry? And Buffy says, Well, we may be into a forgetting spell later. Mm, I don't know about that, Buffy. Let's not encourage Willow. No, 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 (laughs) no. Buffy's like, I loved him. We were betrothed. We weren't even getting along. It wasn't even nice. The bad boy thing? Over it. Oh, good. I totally get it. I'd be really happy to be in a nice relationship with a decent, reliable, oh my God, Riley thinks I'm engaged. (laughs) So she's like freaking out, right? Because she's like, decent reliable. That made her think of Riley. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, good old reliable. Got to Buffy talking to Riley on campus. And so apparently she's panned, panned what she said the previous night. Is like It was a big joke. She's like, you really thought I was serious? Please. I'm marrying a guy named Spike. And Riley says... Maybe. We haven't known each other that long. <laughs> so Buffy's like, I saw that fear in your eyes when you caught me looking at wedding dresses and I had to give you a hard time. 
this is pretty good for Buffy. You know, we, we've been critical of her lies in the past. This is a pretty solid lie, I would say. Yeah, gaslighting Riley is always a good idea. <laughs> True. Yes, always gaslight Riley. So Riley's like, I wasn't afraid of that. And Buffy's like, no, it was like looking at a cartoon ball and chain. So Buffy playing into some stereotypes. Poor, poor Himble Riley. Who's <laughs> like, oh, I, I guess you're right. I guess it was me. <laughs> So Riley's oh, like, guy. he call, he calls Buffy insane, which is not the best language mm-hmm. to use. But well, actually, you know, Buffy used crazy a lot in this episode too. She used it. That's true. A lot. Yeah. Um, Buffy's like, yeah, I can be that way sometimes. And Riley is just like, but you're still single. And she says, yes. And he's like, okay. So this hasn't totally driven him away. Buffy. Marry this man. Buffy, this is the one for you. Lock him down now. If it were me, I would be running for the hills if this happened to me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. That that is a red flag right there. Oh, yeah, Buffy. You're giving off so many red flags. (laughs) So Buffy's like, you have a lot to learn about women, Riley, which is also true. I figure that's also true. I'm not sure how many other relationships Riley has had, but... It's pretty clear Riley is not clear on the whole woman thing. Just him and one of the cows from his farm in Iowa. <laughs> oh, oh, stab. <laughs> We're going to get so many complaints from our Iowan listeners. <laughs> from our Riley fans, too. <laughs> All right. So Riley gets closer. He puts his hand on her shoulder. And he says, you're going to teach me. Oh, so cringy. Ooh. I can't, I can't, between Riley and Xander in this episode. No, no, no. Between all of the old man Spike making out and then this quote, I'm dying. He doesn't uh, kiss her, though. He doesn't kiss her. He puts his hand, you know, He just like, walks away. You're going to teach me. Bye. That's not, <laughs> like, fr- that's not like... Pieces. What are you, friends? Like, I don't... I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Uh, but you know what? Buffy looks after him as he leaves because she's like a nice guy at last. <laughs> this episode has left me with... Interesting feelings. Uh, who is your hero? Oh, this is hard. Super hard. Not Buffy. No. Not Willow. Mm-mm. Um, I might have to give it to Xander. Mm, for being a friend? He's the one who kind of, he, fig- he figures it out. You know, he kind of puts two and two together. He's like, it's a spell that Willow did, so. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Xander, uh, I'm going to pick DeHoffrin. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I see it. Like, yeah. I, like I said, DeHoffrin. Game recognizing you know, game. I, I, I would pick up a phone call from DeHoffrin or Talisman Chand or whatever any day. I feel like DeHoffrin's just good for a chat. Give us a call. Get, I want to hear your offer. I really do. Come on our podcast. <laughs> Please. <laughs> What's it like being the like a, a, a senior manager for the Vengeance Demon racket, right? Like he's got, he's running all these Vengeance Demons. I got to figure he's, he's got. He's probably director. Yeah, he's the director. Yeah. Because like he's not middle management. He's no, got managers he's under him. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. what's it like DeHoffrin? Tell us all your secrets. Have you pivoted to virtual with the pandemic and everything? We need more to Hoffman in our lives. Huh. Okay. All right. We've got hot stakes as always. The first one is from Erica, who listened to Pangs this morning and oh, had no. enough time. People <laughs> listening to our episodes? I know. They listen to them immediately, and then we have enough time to drop them in at the end of our recording. And Erica was quick. 
and efficient. And she says, hello, to answer your question as someone who went to college in the U.S., the official days the university was closed for Thanksgiving was Thursday and Friday. So Thanksgiving and the day after. And classes would resume on Monday. Often if you had a class on Wednesday, the professor would cancel because not always the case, of course, but most people would just skip classes that week so they could leave early. Hope that helps. It sure does because... Clara, we were very yeah. curious. We don't know. Like, do you guys get a week off? Do you get like, you know, just two days? What is it? So this is nice and makes a lot of sense. And you are so lucky because when I was in university, we didn't get any of that time off. So there you go. <laughs> our second hot stick is from one of our chosen ones, Kayla, who says, so many series problems could have been avoided if Willow had just been nice to Anya. Anya wasn't bitter towards Willow in the beginning. I actually really love her response to Oz leaving in this episode. So Kayla's referring to when Anya said, if she still had her powers, I liquefy his entrails for her. <laughs> Can you yep. do that in the Anyanka voice? I'd liquefy his entrails for her. <laughs> nice. Sorry. Uh, and Dadger's like, that's sweet, right? So Kayla says, I think this indicates that Anya is not the cause of the Willow and Anya relationship issues that we're starting to see in this episode, right? Because Anya's mm -hmm. like, do I still have to be nice to her? After listening to that Anya line, I seriously considered it. To my re recollection, all of their issues revolve around Willow's jealousy. As you've discussed in previous episodes, this is a recurring issue for her. It creates problems for literally years. I wonder how much that you'll discuss in later seasons could have been avoided if Willow had addressed her jealousy issues and just being happy for her bestie. Great question, Kayla. Mm -hmm. uh, we will find out because we can't go into any details about what's coming up. But, you know, I, th I think you might be onto something. My Joe, I think she's got it. <laughs> and we do have a new Buy Me A Coffee supporter to say thank you to. Uh, so we have a new chosen one, Allison, who says that... Her favorite episode is The Gift, uh, and I'm with you there. Uh, and her favorite character is Buffy, because she relates to her most, but Anya's a close second because of how funny Anya is. She says, I started watching Buffy when I was 12, uh, and have rewatched it God knows how many times. So, wow. so thanks so much for supporting us, Allison. Uh, thank you to all of our supporters. We got a really sweet message from one of our supporters this week who's just kind of like, I had to drop down you know, give you a little bit less support. Um, and I just, you know, it was touching that they cared enough to kind of write in and talk about it. <laughs> and, you know, nobody has to explain themselves to us. No. You can cancel your support. We don't, like, I don't want to say we don't care. Obviously, we like getting money. But, <laughs> you know, it, it. what matters most to us is that people enjoy our podcast. Uh, the messages that we get from people through social media telling us how much you love the podcast they, they do mean something to us. They help us, especially when we're having a bad day. So, yeah, you yeah. know, all that we really value the most is your ears listening to us. If you feel like commenting on social media publicly or privately, please do. And if you have that extra money, there's probably better things you do with it. But we're going to take it if you give it to us. But, you know, I personally know there's so many more creators I would love to be supporting if I had the means. I don't. So, you know, always... Take care of yourself first. Take take care of your people first. But we do we genuinely appreciate all of our the financial support from all of you, as well as the moral support. You know, yeah. it's it's listeners like you. Gosh, I sound like a PBS fundraiser now, but it's true. <laughs> listeners like you are what make this show so enjoyable. We started this because we wanted to have some fun together, and we thought it'd be cool. 
but we're doing it now more than a year later because of everybody contributing, whether it's the Discord, Twitter, which I don't post on as much as I should. That's my bad. Instagram, which Steph is amazing with, or TikTok, which Steph, you're even better at TikTok than you are at Instagram. <laughs> like, it's impressive. Um, we love it. So I, I just wanted to say that to everybody. You know, maybe I should have said this last episode for the Thanksgiving episode, but or the previous two episodes ago. But I'm just, I'm very grateful for all the types of support that people give us. You guys are the best. It, it really does make our day when you send us these happy messages yeah. and these supportive things and like it just it just really makes us feel great so thank you so so much for your support in any way that you share it we love you guys we you guys keep us doing this obviously Cara and I love doing what we're doing and you make it possible so thank you so much and as always you know special thank you to our chosen ones uh Lizzie Emma Hannah Taza Alexandra Kyle Kayla Destiny Brady Erica and Justine and Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, and Prophecy underscore girls on Twitter. You can also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website, prophecygirls.ca, where you can find the link to our Discord. Praise Moloch! See you next week!